This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Father, we just pause in the quietness of this moment. And thank you for your greatness that can at times be completely overwhelming, massive, powerful, and majestic, and at other times it can be so quiet and so sweet, so near, so close. We thank you for it all. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to a living, breathing, dynamic, vibrant community of faith. Doesn't that sound good? Absolutely. I hope you're going to learn a lot more about that this morning as we walk through the morning. My name is Ron, and if I didn't get a chance to meet you, especially if you're brand new this morning, if I didn't get a chance to meet you, I would love to meet you before you leave. I'll be hanging out in the lobby, and, uh, and uh, make sure you come by and, <clears throat> and shake my hand before you leave. And don't be surprised if I give you a hug, all right? And uh, if you don't want one of those, just hold your hand out way like this, all right? And I'll, I'll catch the clue. Um, but I'm... Uh, very happy that you're here this morning. I'm one of the pastors here at New Life, and it's my privilege to speak to you for the next few minutes out of the Bible, life-changing principles that uh, God has given to us that uh, we might learn how to live in a way that we become a blessing to ourselves, to those around us, and then uh, ultimately to Him. And so... Um, This morning, I'm glad that you are here. I want to say one more short prayer before we get started. Lord, we have come that you might teach us out of your word. So right now, would you open our hearts that we might not only hear what you have to say, but that it might make a difference in our lives. Speak to us clearly. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I want you to take your programs. And I'm going to help you fish a couple things out of there. Uh, First of all, you're going to need three things for what I'm going to do next. You're going to need the sheet of fill-in-the-blank notes. It looks like this. So you can pull those out. You're going to need this thing that's a brochure that says Growing Together. So you can take that out and put it in your hand. And then you're going to need the thing that says Start Here. All right? So if you want to take those three things out, and then you can sort of set the the rest of the program aside, set it down, and so forth, so that it doesn't get in your way. Uh, First thing you can do is you can fill in the blanks as we go along. That will help you learn. It will help you organize your thoughts. And a lot of studies have shown that we retain up to 40% more if we write things down than if we just hear them. So... Um, I would appreciate it if you did not waste 40% of my time and yours too. So that means if you get your pencil and you write, then uh, we get maximum efficiency and learning. Okay, I want you to take this, look on the inside, and I'll open it up to the very middle. The first two pages are pages that you can read later. That means don't read them while I'm speaking to you, all right? You can read them later. There's lots of good information in there. But if you look on the inside, up at the top left where it says Monday, okay, there are 20 different life groups in the church, in this community of faith, and um, 
One of the messages that I have to give to you this morning is this, and I'll lay it right on the bottom line, and that is, if you want to be part of this community of faith, and I hope that you do, and I trust that you do, or you wouldn't be here, then you need to be in one or more of those. And I'm going to show you why this morning from God's Word, because I'm going to talk to you about learning together. Okay? Let's say those two words out loud. Ready? Learning together. Both of those are extremely important. And you can see that we have some uh, life groups that are already full. That means the early bird got the life group, all right? Yeah, but there are plenty that are not full yet. And uh, I believe that there's, there's actually some of those that are highlighted on the inside of your program as well. So at the end of the service of what I'm doing, I'm going to, if you're not registered for one of those groups, I'm going to give you a way to register for one of those groups this morning in a very simple one-step process. And so that's what you're going to do with that later. And then I'll tell you what to do with the start here. I'll tell you that at the end, even though it says start here. All right? Now, life groups. If you're new to New Life, you might not know what a life group is. So I'm going to give you a life group definition. And here it is. A life group is a group of people 8 to 20 in number. Okay? So it's a relatively small group of people. They meet during the week for how long? An hour or an hour and a half. So somewhere between 60 and 90 minutes. And here's what we do. We do these things in life group. Number one, we meet there to connect with God. Because when a group of people meets together and they don't connect with God, I have a question for you. Is that a church? No, if you don't connect with God, there's no church there. It's just a group of people. So we meet together to connect with God. The second thing that we do is we meet together to explore God's insight into things that we're dealing with in life. We don't just gather together to study sort of meaningless or pointless theology that that might have been applicable 2,000 years ago. But we work on the insights that God gives about the issues of life that you and I deal with today. And I'm going to be teaching you uh, about one of those concepts this morning. Actually, I'm going to be teaching you about four of them this morning. Then we also meet together to form some new friendships. Because when you come to a church and there's in this church on any given Sunday, we have four or five, sometimes over 500 people And if we ever got everybody here all together, we'd probably have 700 people or more in this church. And that's a whole lot of people to keep track of. It's also a very easy crowd to feel like you just lost in the middle of. And it's really hard to be part of a community if you feel like you're lost in that community. And so in our life groups, that's where we form relationships where those are people that we know. We know their names. They know us. We look for them when we come to church. And oftentimes we end up forming a friendship, sometimes that will last a lifetime out of a life group. So we form some new friendships. And then last of all, we share life together. Now, let me give you an example of this. Uh, I received a phone call this morning, uh, shortly before church began. Would you pray a prayer of thanksgiving? And one of the families in the church, mother and a brand new baby, we're traveling uh, on the highway from San Luis Obispo to back here to Petaluma, and there was a car chase on the other side of the highway, and a car came across the median, hit them, spun them, rolled them, and um, by God's grace, 
Now they've been released from the hospital. Mother and baby are fine. Uh, scary, right? Very, very scary. You know the great thing? Okay? Whether in the hospital or at home, the people from that family's life group will walk through that with them. If you were here last Sunday, you heard Doug and Nancy Diego give the story of how their life group and other life groups came around them. We share life together, which is principally the reason we call them life groups. Okay? So that's what a life group is. Now, in the song that we just sang, there's a phrase that says, into the darkness you shine. Phrase right after that, out of the ashes we rise. Those are two very, very powerful word pictures, and I'm going to break both of them out for you this morning. I want to take the first one right now. Into the darkness you shine. Historians call the period of history from roughly 500 A.D. to about 14 or 1500 A.D., roughly a millennium of time in there. Historians call those the Dark Ages. Because prior to that, you had the Egyptians, you had the Babylonians, you had the Greeks, you had the Romans, and they were all into education. They were all into recording history. They were all into the development of philosophy and math and science and building roads and building infrastructure. But the Romans fell to the Goths, the Visigoths, the Vandals, the Huns, the people that we call barbarians. The Romans called them barbars which meant that they didn't really have a language. They just sort of repeated sounds over and over again. And it plunged the Western world into the Dark Ages. And there are two things that ruled during the Dark Ages, and neither is good for the human spirit. The first is ignorance, because people lived in ignorance, and that forced them into superstition. And the second is ignorance always brings with it fear. And through fear and ignorance, despotic rulers were able to control people in ways that were not good for society, the world, the people, or even those who were ruling them. Hence, we call them the Dark Ages. But if you study history, the Dark Ages were followed by a period called what? The Renaissance, right? And the Renaissance was the shining of light into that very dark world, and it was the light of knowledge, and it was the light of confidence, and then it was the light of hope for the future. And and an amazing thing began to happen to this very dark world. It began to be illuminated and to once again become beautiful. I want to go back to the song. Speaking of your life, speaking of my life, the song says, Into the what? Darkness you shine. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, my prayer for everyone who's here this morning is that we might experience a spiritual renaissance. Does that sound good? That sounds great, doesn't it? And and this morning I've asked, many of you are in the middle of experiencing a spiritual renaissance. Some of you have just started in that journey. Some of you have been in that journey several years now. But I've asked one of our congregation who's in a spiritual renaissance of her own, to come and share her story of how God shined his light into the darkness of her life. Would you welcome with me Rachel Fletcher? Rachel. Good morning. 
as I was thinking about what I wanted to say, one of the things I really wanted to say first and foremost is that each and every person here brings so much love and life to me, and I'm so blessed that God has has given me you. Um, I never went to church when I was growing up, except on occasion, and when I did go, I didn't really understand very much of it. Last year, my second marriage fell apart, and my life was just a mess. Uh, I was so scared, and I felt alone, and my friend invited me to come to church with her, and I was totally broken, but I came, and the very first Sunday that I was here, God touched me and said that I was in a good place, and that that he loved me, and, and that was something that I needed very desperately, was the love of our Heavenly Father. Um, my friend also invited me to go to her life group with her, and it was the Wednesday night recovery group. And I remember thinking at first that I didn't really want to go because I didn't have anything to recover from. Um, but I went, and I discovered an amazing, amazing group of people. Both the leaders and the participants in that group were just wonderful. And I also discovered that I did, in fact, have much to recover from. Um, this was such a painful time in my life for me, and many times I felt like I just wasn't even strong enough to go there. But every time I did go, the people in my life group would literally like carry me through the day. Um, they lifted me up when I was falling, and they were always there for me. I learned so much about God, life, friendships, and then ultimately about myself. I wanted to get baptized, but I really didn't feel worthy of it. Um, I was baptized when I was a child, but never as an adult. They helped me see that not only was I worthy, but that now I was ready. And I was baptized um, last June, two days before my 48th birthday, but the day that that I really truly feel that I was born to Christ Jesus. So this is the point where I would like to tell you that I just lived happily ever after and have no more problems or anything, but uh, my life is still very, very difficult. And just last Sunday, I dragged myself to church, and I was scared and disappointed about some of the things that had happened in my life. And I was greeted by the most amazing group of greeters here at our church from our reception ministry, of which I'm now a part of. And my friends from my recovery group made sure that they moved over and let me sit with them. And um, others made a point of noticing that something wasn't right with my normally smiley face. And they assured me that they were here for me and praying for me. And it dawned on me later that day that our life groups haven't met for a couple of weeks and that I had not been um, praying as much or reading my Bible as much. And what a huge, huge difference it had made. So the best thing that I have ever done in my life was finding God and joining my life groups. I am now involved in our Connections ministry and will be continuing with my Getting to Know Your Bible group and then the Christmas Tea group. And I look forward to serving God, and I hope that I'll be able to make a difference in someone's life who needs me. And this whole experience just is making my life so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. We could just kind of fold up shop and go home now. That's the message right there. It really is. In fact, you know, I want to go back to that song and thank you, Rachel, very, very much uh, for, for having the courage to share your story and what God's doing in your life. I want to go back to the song. Remember I said there were two word pictures. The first was the word picture of a renaissance. And the second was the word picture 
It says, into the darkness you shine. And then it says, out of the ashes we rise. That's the word picture of an ancient bird called what? The phoenix. And I, and I believe it's not by coincidence that the first life group that Rachel refers to is a life group called the Phoenix Healing Group. And it was out of the ashes of her life that God is raising her to fly again. And that's what God wants to do in every one of our lives. And I want to teach you, if I could take this entire message and put it down into one principle, it would be this principle. And here it is up on the video screen. Take a look. We don't go to church. We are the church. I want you to read that out loud with me. Ready? We don't go to church. We are the church. Now, I'm gonna, I want you to read it like this. We don't go to church. We are the church. All right, let's do it together. Ready? We don't go to church. We are the church. That's a really powerful concept that I want us to grasp this morning as I move through the, the heart of this message. And here's the Bible teaching on that. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are, by the way, Christ's body is another word for the church. You can see it here. We are many parts of one body and we all what? Belong to each other. So I want to take us to the classroom. We're going to pretend we're in, in um, anatomy class this morning. I did not bring an anatomically correct doll, so you're okay with that, all right? But um, thanks to somebody else's artistry, okay, this is not actually a gingerbread man. I want you to pretend that this is the actual body of Christ, okay? Very clearly, the Bible talks about the body of Christ. And there are four very distinct principles, many more, but I'm just going to focus our attention on four principles that come out of that passage that will show you how important it is, uh, this concept of the body of Christ, all right? And the first concept that we're going to talk about is that Jesus invites us to become part of his body, okay? So let's just suppose that you and I are a little cell, a human cell out here, and this is the body of Christ, the living, eternal, breathing, everlasting body of Christ. And we're a human being out here. Are, we're living and breathing, but are we eternal and everlasting? Not on our own. But the amazing thing is that Christ invites us to become part of His body. And that's really the message of Scripture, is that you and I could be joined in a, in a very real and tangible and eternal way with Jesus Christ. Which is why the first thing that we said that we do in life groups is we go there to connect with whom? To connect with God, to be part of this. Not that, but to be part of this. Now, principle number one is what I call the principle of nature. Okay? And the principle of nature is this, that the body is made up of cells. Yeah. No cells, no what? No body. 
It's just that simple. It's the nature of the human body to be made up of cells. But it's also the nature of the human body to be made up of cells that are joined together. There's no cells out here running around in space that you could interview and say, hey, are you a human cell? Yeah. Okay, what body do you belong to? I don't actually belong to a body. I go to one once a week. It's Sunday. It's time for me to go to my body. That's not how the human body works, correct? You're either inside the body or you're not part of the body. Now, you have human cells that your body discards all the time. I don't want to be gross or graphic about that, all right? But you have them, right? They reside on top of your mattress. Okay, enough, enough of that, all right. But once you discard them, are they now part of your body? No, no. Because the nature of the human body is it's made up of cells. And that's one of the reasons why I had you say, we don't go to church, we what? We are the church. And the amazing invitation is that though we start out out here, not part of the body of Christ, that Christ invites us to come and be part of his body. That's principle number one, the principle of nature. Principle number two is the principle of belonging. Every cell in the human body belongs to an individual group of cells on the inside of the human body. And just for fun, we're going to say that the part of, of Christ's body that we get to be part of is a heart. Okay? If you could interview the cells of your human body, and every once in a while I run into people and they say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't, I, I, you know, I don't belong to any church and I don't belong to any life group. I'm just sort of a Christian at large. Okay? Think about this for a minute. If you could interview the cells of your body, are there any in there that would say to you, I don't really belong to any system. I'm not part of a bone. I'm not part of the heart. I'm not part of the liver. I'm not part of the kidneys. I'm not part of the skin. I'm a human cell. I'm a random human cell, and I just run around the human body and do whatever I want. Is that how your body works? Oh, you don't have any of those. In fact, if you had one of those, what would your body do with it? Out. Yeah. Because that's not how the human body works. And it's very clear in Scripture that God intends for every one of us who come into the body of Christ to be part of a group of cells that are connected together and work together. What would that be here? A life group. You got it? Yeah, that's how we function. Because once we get into a life group, we're not just a random thing sort of floating around the church. We now have a group of people that we interact with. They interact with us. We have a common purpose. And that is principle number three, okay? And that's the principle of purpose. Every group of cells inside the human body has a purpose. There's nothing in there that's just superfluous or meaningless or whatever. Yeah, now, there are groups that you can get along without if you happen to cut off your finger. You can actually live without a finger, but it's rather inconvenient, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you will miss that. Because every group of cells in the human body has a purpose. Now, I'm not going to get deeply into that because I want to remain friends with Kevin. And Kevin's going to talk to us about purpose next week in the context of service. So I'm just going to skirt that issue and say, you've got to come back next week to have Kevin break that out more clearly for you. So we've got that 
the human body is made up of cells. Every cell should be a part of the human body. Secondly, every cell belongs to a group of cells within the human body, and that group of cells has a purpose. Now, the fourth principle is the principle of interdependence. And the principle of interdependence is this. Every cell is nurtured by the rest of the body. That's the deal. If you're going to be a cell in the human body, you have to provide a service for the human body that in some way helps the other cells in the human body. And, and it, it's not a principle of independence. It's not a principle of total dependence. But it's that wonderful principle of interdependence that I didn't know was invented long before Stephen Covey. Okay, but if you've read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, maybe he entered, He was the one who brought it back up on the radar after it had been off the radar for maybe 150 years. The concept of interdependence. And that is, yeah, we could actually survive without each other, but we don't choose to because together we get way more done and the journey is way better than it is apart. And so we choose to live interdependently with each other. And that's the way the human body is. There's a great interdependence between all of its parts and every part has something that has to do to nurture the rest of the body. Now taking that and applying that, those four principles, the principle of nature, the principle of belonging, the principle of purpose, and the principle of interdependence, I have something I want to say to you in closing, and then we'll get into the application of the message. And here it is. Here's the passage. You, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Do you see a principle of nurturing in that? It's in there, isn't it? It's in there in the phrase, build each other up. Do you see a principle of interdependence? It's in there because it's not build up yourself. It's what? Build each other up. If you were to look, look up the word each other, in the original language the Bible was written in, in Koine Greek, it would be the, the Koine Greek word alelone, which in some translations is translated one another, and in other translations it's translated each other. But the idea is a mutual interdependence. Now, here's what you need to know. In the New Testament alone, there are more than 50 passages that use that word and that talk about that symbiotic relationship, that interdependent relationship that exists inside the body of Christ. Over 50 of them. And some of them are repetitive and some of them occur only once. There's almost 25 different things that we are to be doing when I call this, this is how we be the church to each other as opposed to just coming to church. We build each other up. But here's the point I want you to get out of this passage. And that is, at the beginning, there's pastor to parishioner. And virtually everybody gets that. I go to church, the pastor stands up, the pastor teaches me, I listen, I agree, I learn, I go home, and I have been taught by the pastor. And it's the pastor's job to help build me up. And yeah, that's true. That principle is taught throughout Scripture. 
But did you know that there's a principle that's taught even more often in Scripture than you coming to church and being taught by the pastor? And that's the development or the learning that takes place, not pastor to parishioner, but person to person. And that's what happens in life groups. That's why Jude wrote this, not to a bunch of pastors. Jude wrote this to ordinary, everyday Christians. And he said to the ordinary, everyday Christians, build each other up in your most holy faith. And in this church, life groups is where we have the opportunity to build each other up in that person-to-person context. And that's where... Now, what's the title of this message? Two words, ready? First is, learning how? Together. Let's say it again. Learning together. Yeah. That's how we build each other up. Now, I want you to, I want you to take your Start Here card. I want to walk you through it uh, step by step. So, uh, everybody take out your card. I've got my card. We're going to fill them out together. Those of you who have been coming here a long time will notice, does the card look the same or different this morning? Oh, yeah, you're awake. All right, here we go. So let's go down to the bottom of the side that says start here. The bottom of the side that says start here, there's a place for your name. So let's all put in our name. For those of you who are really frugal and have ethnic backgrounds where you save everything and you think you're saving the church money but not writing on yours, okay, Can I ask you please to write on yours and fill it out? It's a key important piece of how God is calling us to minister. So let's all write our names. And underneath that it asks for what? Email address. So let's write our email address in there. And then it asks for your address and other things. If you come here all the time, unless you have a new address, if you have a new address, please write that in there. That will alert us. Um, But those of you who are here for the first time, Uh, We would love to connect with you. That's why on the back side it says connect card. Okay? We would love to connect with you. We wanted you to know that we will act with integrity with your information. Okay? We're not, first of all, we're not going to share it with anybody else. Um, Secondly, we're not going to hit you up for donations. We just don't do that. And thirdly, we're not going to be intrusive into your life, but we would love to connect with you. And we would love to keep you informed about things that the church is doing and ways that you could get connected. So I would ask you, please give us as much information as you're comfortable with. Don't, don't put down anything you're not comfortable with. But whatever you're comfortable with, go ahead and put that down. Uh, including how did you hear about New Life? Because that will help us know where we're being most effective. Now let's all flip the card over. And on the other side, there are several sections. The first is, I would like to get connected And there's a number of options there, more closely with God, with other men in the church, and so forth. More contentment and joy in in life, okay? God God may speak to you through one of those. You go, look at that, and go, wow, I could really use that. I could really enjoy that. That would really be good for me. That would be part, maybe, of my spiritual renaissance or, or, or rising from the ashes, okay? Then underneath that is a part that says, I would like to apply the teaching by... Okay, I want you to get, those of you who come here all the time, I want you to get used to this section because we're going to use it every Sunday. It's going to be different every Sunday. And there are four options there for us this morning. Number one, I, I want to apply this message by deciding to join the body of Christ. In other words, I realize I'm out here. I've come to church. I've been to church, but I've never formally said, I want to become part of Christ's body. I want to join with 
the other Christians in the world, I want to become a follower of Christ. I want to become a Christian. So if that's a choice that that you're making, and I've prayed today that many will make that choice, then I want you to check that. Second thing is by joining life group number, and that's where you go back to your life group brochure. This one in... I'm happy to tell you that we are at almost 200, maybe over 200 people, uh, different adults who have joined life groups in the church. That's a great thing, isn't it? Yes, that's an awesome thing. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's worthy of... That's God working in us. And that's 200 people that are taking the journey. That's 200 people that are going to learn together. They're going to grow together. And they're going to be part of an active spiritual renaissance in their life. So... If you look, let's take the top left one, life group name is how much is enough, and life group number underneath it is MON-01. So if that's a life group that you want to join and you want to, you want to join it, then you would write, after joining life group number, you would write MON-01. Now here's a third option, okay? Almost 200 of you have already joined a life group. So you have the option. Here's a way you can apply what we've talked about today. You can pray for your life group leaders as they prepare the material that you're all going to work your way through over the next 12 weeks. Because you want that material to be from God, not just from them, correct? So if you're willing to pray for your life group leader, then you can mark that. And then last of all, the Bible says it's a great thing for us to learn God's Word. And we had a very short scripture at the very beginning. And let's go back to our very first Bible teaching. I want to read it to you. I'm going to give you the opportunity to memorize it. It's right there. It's Romans. um, Well, you guys have it. I don't have it up here. Now I do. Here we go. Romans 12. Can we read it out loud together? Ready? Here we go. Just as our bodies... You ready? Got it? Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. That'd be a great verse to memorize and put it in your heart. So if you want to make that that commitment to God, then you can check that box. Now, I'm going to say a short prayer, and I'm going to give you some space to look to listen, and to respond as God calls. Lord, in this moment, those of us that you have already been working in our lives, and we know that today is the day that we should join the body of Christ and be included. Lord, would you give us courage to check that, to make that commitment, to make that decision. And those of us that, uh, Lord, you know we are we would be greatly benefited by a life group. Lord, would you help us to show us the very life group you want us to join that would really propel us forward and and give us the beginnings of a spiritual renaissance in our lives. And then, Lord, um, would you give us grace to pray for those who will be leading us in that life group setting? And, Lord, would you call us to memorize your word, as you said, to hide it in our heart put it there. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. 
You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.